Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory with great warranties, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up with routine service. Difficult, they handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And time now for the best part of the week, and that's Neil Kulong. Sir, welcome. You bet. As always, uh, my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so uh, this is something I talked with Ray Diddinger the Hall of Fame writer. We talked about the state of the game today. Games in Spain, Brazil, Germany, England, Kazakhstan. No, not yet. Uh, and officiating and, and so forth. So let's have uh, take a moment here. What is your take on the state of of the NFL right now, even though the ratings have never been higher? I think overall, put it this way, if you go back and and call it a guilty dork pleasure of mine, but I'll go back and watch the uh, the AFC Championship game after the 2008 season, so January 2009, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like it was that long ago, but if you watch how they play the game, you'd be shocked at how different it is. And in that, I mean, you know, we don't need to be we don't need to be historians to to see clearly why it changed and how it's changed. Um, the NFL has had to recreate a large part of the game while keeping. The, the shell intact. Now, you, you, what you'll hear a lot of them say, uh, you know, it's basketball on grass. And to some extent, you can understand why people are saying that, you know, I don't want to say a lack of contact. You know, you and I have discussed this a lot. If you've ever been on a sideline, it's not a lack of contact. Okay? No, no. There's a, a, there are certain things that you just simply can't do anymore. Um, and this came up with... Uh, um, DeMonte Casey uh, against Indianapolis, the hit that he had on the Colts receiver, I forget who it was, but it was like, wow, that's, I said at the time, like, he's going to be suspended for that. That's really bad. And every Steelers fan went completely nuts over it, saying that, oh, well, it, you know, it, it's it's not the same game anymore. They're not allowed to hit anymore. It's like, you guys, look, we've been over this for the last 15 years, okay? It's been a while. You need to adjust how you're playing the game. and that That's the way it is now. But you can see the difference uh, mm-hmm. from that 15-year time period in, in comparison to now. The state of the game being as popular as it is today, I don't know if enough time has passed really flesh out what the reaction 
of a younger generation is going to be, not because of the violence, not because of um, the the issues with contact that the game has you know tried to kind of work it work out of its product. It's more we learn from the generation before us, and for them, the generation before them. You're passing it down from person to person. That, that's really kind of the root of fandom. You grew up with it. We usually wax nostalgically about watching games with our parents, and you know, being when you were a kid, this player did that. I wonder how much of that sort of false glory, if you want to call it that, that, that heroism exists in, in the younger generation today. I'm sure there will be some. You know, my daughter goes to school with kids that are wearing Patrick Mahomes jerseys, Lamar Jackson jerseys, things like that. You, you see it. Um, I don't know how it's going to be in the next generation. I don't know how much more it's going to be passed down for a variety of reasons. You know, it, the, the future of anything uh, is bleak, in my opinion. So for the game to keep up, it has to reach out to, to new markets. It's got to continue to reinvent itself, to remarket itself uh, for other um, other groups, other demographics that are going to invariably change. You, you can't rely on what works today, what happens today. But to the NFL's credit, I think in changing the game and in keeping up with a, a surge in uh, technological influence, they've done a good job uh, staying at the top, you know, staying in the spotlight, uh, weathering the storms. They're going to come with any, you know, major uh, American organization that's in the spotlight as intensely as the NFL is. So I, I think there's not an issue for the foreseeable future, but you do wonder if, if there's not another 15-year period of significant change. I, I wonder what the game will continue to look like uh, once the next generation gets in. You see it now, not to not to be the old guy, but you see it in, in how they're playing and how they're tackling, or I should say not tackling. It makes you wonder how much more contact they can really take out of the game before it becomes, uh, you know, flag, which, to be honest, is another product that the league is really pushing now. It makes you kind of wonder if this is not setting up for future generations. They just eliminate tackling completely uh, and just play flag. Um, things like that, it shows that they're aware that there is a future issue. They are exploring uh, what their image is going to look like uh, to the next generation. I, I will say this, though, about football, whether it's the college game or the pro game, and I know because Jack Ham has said to me once, he said to me 30 times, he says, gee, Steve, I don't know how you tackle in today's game. You know, compared to when, when he played. But I also feel that the game is, because it's so popular, is a target for some people. And because it's a target, I feel like they've adapted in certain ways because they're trying to save and preserve the game, and I do give them credit for that. I would agree. Um, two things with that. One... If the players, quote-unquote, know how to tackle either. I mean, at a literal level, they can do it, but there are situations in which it's going to be one thing or the other. And if they choose to go high, hit the guy in the head, they're going to pay for it. Yeah. If they choose to go low, there's a good potential of, of a significant injury. And at an ethical level, the players don't really like that either. That's and we're going to hear them say, I don't know what to do. That's usually what they land on. My opinion is a league that was built by 
and it's regulated by defense attorneys. They're not interested in finding an answer. They are interested in finding somebody else to blame. And if they can put that on the players, they will. That's what they're doing. This is the result of years of negligence, things that they're culpable for that they don't want to have to pay for uh, today. Um, sins of our fathers and all that. I, I see the message they're sending more as, as long as we could tell a judge and a jury, these are the steps that we took to make what's inherently a dangerous game, an inherently violent game, as reasonably safe as we could make it. Mm-hmm. We find them when they hit guys like this. Image issues that the people are seeing, we're trying to take this out of the game. They're not going to say we're responsible because this game is violent and we're putting it out for, for hundreds of millions of people to watch. It's more we don't really care so much. We just want to make sure we can't be found legally liable for a lot of this. And it's worked to this point. It's gotten them out of um, you know, significant punishment as far as class action suits go. Mm-hmm. They've been able to manipulate, manipulate's probably the wrong word, but they've been able to negotiate in the CBA through kind of interesting tactics uh, ways to, to write off any liability that they might have. Uh, very political, very legal, um, I don't want to call it shady, but they clearly have intent of washing their hands of any responsibility of the product that they put out. So it, it, at the ground level, what we're really talking about is the instantaneous bang-bang hits on the field. Um, say this, though, and I would be curious what what Jack would say in, in response to it. There are some that I see that are really are just more examples of laziness than yes. oh, no. um, cheapness. Yeah. Yes, he You've got to hit him lower than that. You, yeah. you can't go like that into his head, and you, you need to know that by now. Your generation now, the 22, 23, 24-year-olds, grew up only with this NFL. They don't know what it was like when, when James Harrison was just coming out and, and destroying people on the field. They, right. they didn't see that firsthand. Uh, a lot of it is sloppiness and poor technique, and that, that splinters off into another issue. Uh, getting into the college side of things, how much are they really teaching? You know, Do they have the time to really go over technique when you have the five-star player that has this choice of 800 colleges across the country he wants to go to yours because he's going to get on the field right away. He may not know what he's doing, but he's a great athlete, and the clock is, is ticking now. They might not even have him longer than a year anymore, let alone three until he's going to go pro. So it, I don't know if they get proper instruction. And it seems like there are a lot of defensive players who are out there that can mirror a guy perfectly down the field but have no clue what they're doing on uh, you know coming up to, to support the run. They don't know how to tackle. They don't know how to wrap up. They're not sure what to do with their bodies. And a lot of that just looks simply like they haven't really been taught. And I don't mean that literally. It's just that they they weren't grounded in it. You know, they, they didn't have to go through fundamental work because they're doing things that are going to get them into to the NFL, not a better football player when they're 19 years old. Well, and Jack has talked about, he'll talk about technique cases. you got to wrap. you got to wrap a guy up. You just can't throw your shoulder in there. And he talks about that all the all the time, um, you know, because that's proper technique. That's not too high, too low. It's wrap and take to the ground. What have you thought yeah, about you... the? Let's go ahead, Neil. Sorry. 
if the, sorry, if, if your mentality is to wrap up, you're naturally going after the waist. You're not going yeah. to, to chin that's strap right. the guy, and you're not looking to take his knee out. You can wrap up the waist, and if that's your mentality, getting your arms around the guy. But what what they teach primarily is dislodge the ball. Then they're not going in with their shoulder. Uh, looking to get their arms around the guy as much as they are looking to punch it out. And if you miss or it doesn't work, which it often doesn't, you see him slip away, and it, it, it's poor technique. It's poor form. Uh, it's, it's tough to have both, but there are, there are guys that need to be able to do that at the NFL level, that's for sure. What have you thought about the officiating this year? It's finally done. And Sunday's game was fine. But what did you feel about the overall officiating of the game at this stage? Here's the, the least popular opinion you're going to get on this show. I really don't think NFL officiating is that bad. Mm-hmm. And here's why. They don't get to make decisions on what happened based on what we see in replay, what we are almost crowdfunding opinions in social media, creating the outrage. Uh, we are hyper focused on officiating because in many ways I might argue just very simply we can see the game better than they can for where they are in a lot of cases that's true you've got I don't maybe you saw I don't know how many cameras were at the Super Bowl this year but it it, it was a couple hundred in in the past it was 165 yeah that's that's when you have that many eyes in 4k definition Broadcast across an 85-inch TV, you're able to see things more clearly than the official who's running, who's distracted by the noise, who's under the microscope and has the pressure that they have. All of these things coming together, it, it, it's extremely difficult uh, to, to hold them fully accountable to millisecond uh, characteristics of plays that were never really a part of the scope of officiating in the first place. And this comes down again to a a, a league of lawyers who have, in my opinion at least, uh, incorrectly overcorrected problems as opposed to just kind of saying, you know what, this is the human element of the game. We can't see these things down to this level. Our ability, our desire to try to do that creates a bigger problem. And that's, that's essentially what's happened. We try to over-regulate everything. We try to over-officiate everything. When some things, it's like, look, it's close. The guy's right there. Let him make the call. We, we mm-hmm. can't, we're not going to get everything right. Uh, I, I will bring up this uh, because we're getting now to the stage where it's going to be the combines, pro days, and so forth. One of my knocks in certain areas that I've had with people who have made um, to do talent evaluations is that from 30,000 feet, I've felt they've used the combine too much. And I'd like to see more football players out there. And the one guy that had an interception in the game was Jair Brown. And, of course, if anybody's going to know how Jair Brown plays, I'll know him as well as anybody for obvious reasons. He played here at Penn State. He knows how to play. But in a combine setting, he was a 4.6340 guy. So he ends up in the third round. But you can just watch him play. He knows how to play the game. And I feel like that player 
doesn't get as much of an opportunity because people are enamored with numbers, right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 at the end, it's about the athleticism that he has. It's about the upside. It's about the potential. They feel that they'll be able to teach the player what the player needs to know. And whether they've learned that ahead of time or not seems to be less relevant. Now you're getting into an era where, uh, in my opinion, and anybody's opinion I think is, is worthy of discussion on this topic, you're going to have a lot of kids jumping from school to school and getting inconsistent messages, not hearing specifically um, what needs to be done. All of these things, it, it, it might create less strength at the, the mid to bottom level of the NFL. And I think you'll see that. Um, we saw a pretty significant special teams mistake in the Super Bowl. Things like that will come up when you're not getting enough reps to enough players who really understand every situation that can come up. And it's a game where you don't get several opportunities uh, of, of live training to really pick it up. They don't play a whole lot of games. There's not a whole lot of live snaps, and it's tough to simulate uh, a, a lot of those environments. And I think the, the, the strong, you know, you think of like the, the senior bowl is a big thing. A lot of that is marketing, but it, it always was, these are the best players who are going to be available because they're the most ready. They've received the most coaching. They've been in the weight room the longest. It's lessened in terms of, I don't want to say it's overall value, but um, there aren't as many prominent players. There are plenty of them, but not as many as there were 20 years ago. I would argue they're better athletes, they're better prepared athletes today but they're not as good technical football players uh, the way that they used to be. And I yes. think overall you see that in the product of the game. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you do have this the best athletically. This is the best the NFL's ever been. But in terms of how to play the game, I mean, like how to play the game, if I have a great athlete who, is, who knows how to play the game, that guy stands out dramatically over the crowd right now. That's how I view it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I, I wonder the direction in the future, how much different it's going to be, what they can do to mitigate that. I mean, it just it, it honestly seems like there is another sub-level uh, that, have, that has some significance uh, coming at some point. They're going to need to find guys um, – you know they're they're going to need to find more opportunities to get guys to play, and I, I wonder where that's coming from. Yeah, and that that part I don't know, because you know what what's happening now. Let's take the college game. What's really big in the college game and recruiting right now? Getting to seven on sevens. Yep. I mean, you see a yep. lot and of that, like, that's, that's kind of the direction of the game too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, line play obviously is critically important, but. You need you need your receivers to, to work on running routes. You know you need your quarterbacks to throw the ball in, in live situations uh, against live defense. And the, the more of that that comes up, I think that's kind of what it is. You know I, I, that that's there's value to that. Just in terms of I, I hate saying the skill position guys, but you need to get them putting in the work in a live environment on a real field with with yep. live passing uh, against real defense. Well, we're coming up on part of the year that you really love a lot, and that is all the off-season movement. I know we are, never got to the Trubisky and so forth. We'll get to that next week. But uh, appreciate it always, my friend. We have more snow than you do. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
Neil Kulong.